Welcome back, everyone. Episode 16 of the Making Wave series. We're speaking following the Matildas, not exit of the Women's World Cup, but semi-final defeat at the hands of England by three goals to one. It pains us to say, and for the next however long this will be, we can treat this like a, an open therapy session. Laz, you're here with me. <laughs> what do hey, you make of it all? Hey, Nathan. Uh, hello to all the Backpack listeners. And episode 16, did you say? Yes, 16. Um, it's been fun up until tonight. Nathan, I'll see yeah. you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mood, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, um, congratulations goes to the Lionesses on their semi-final success and congratulations to the Matildas on a incredible journey in this Women's World Cup. It's not over for them yet. There is a medal on the table for them to go and snatch and hopefully they can do that on Saturday in Brisbane. But... Um, Oh, Nathan, it's a, more so a case of what could have been, I feel. Tonight. It is, it is. And I was able to get tickets for tonight's game and on full time. It was devastation, but I think since it's turned into a sense of pride in this team for what they've been able to achieve both on and off the pitch. On the pitch, the first time a host has made the semi-final that's not America. Mm-hmm. The first time an Australian team has made a semi-final of a World Cup. Mm-hmm. And... In terms of off the pitch, just the response to this team, the country has fallen in love with the Matildas and they've captured the hearts and minds of every single person around the country. And it's unlike anything I've ever seen from an Australian team before. So yes, perhaps it is the end of the running for the Matildas at this tournament. Yes, they can still go and get third place, but I mean, it is a third place medal. It's not a a win in the final, of course, but what what they've been able to achieve is going to have long lasting effects in this country. And they said it. Various players and the coaching staff said it after the game. It's not the end, mm. but it is the beginning. Let's hope so, Nathan. Let's hope so because, and obviously we'll talk about the implications on football post-tournament. Tonight's not about that. I think we yeah, have a sense of disappointment in what how it played out, but um, you're right. The country has taken a loving to this uh, nation, uh, to this team and, and you know, the sport of football. So it's incumbent on those to... Yeah, charged with that um, custodianship to uh, try and foster it, foster and engender that spirit. But like I said, that's for a conversation for another time. On the pitch tonight, unfortunately, a couple of errors and it cost the girls. Yeah, I think the 11 at a time are on the field, plus the coaching staff, I think the Matildas were second best yep. by and large. Yep. And, we and- can talk about the individual goals in a Correct. moment, but mm. just overall, England looked fantastic. They were well drilled. Yep. They look like European champions from last year, mm-hmm. even in spite of the players that aren't here at this tournament. They look like a team that is one of the world's best, and they rightly have their place in the final. The better team won tonight, yeah, and no one can argue that. that they did. And that was their best performance of the tournament. Yeah. By far. By far, they which came to play. And they were incredible. Eclipses their quarterfinal performance, which was to them their mm. best performance of the tournament. Mm. It yeah. seems like they're really growing, and hey, I make them slight favourites for Sunday, but that's a topic for later on. Yeah, we'll cover that. Yeah, we'll cover that later. later. But um, to tonight, I think England didn't need help from us, and they got it, unfortunately. So it, it really comes down to that. And it happened at critical times of the game, and those little 1% things just cost us. They really did. And look, I think when you gift two goals effectively, Right, the third I've gathered, like not disregard, but the fact is, when you're chasing the game anyway, you are going to make a change. 
you know, to try and, and, and claw a drawback to, to you know, to equalise the score. And there were opportunities for Australia to do that, to level up the scores. But unfortunately, you know, and had that happened, maybe the third goal doesn't occur. Yeah, maybe it doesn't. And thought I think we can point fingers, but we're not here to point fingers. Individual errors did come down and cost the Matildas at the end of the day. Yeah. Even on the third goal, why is no one taking a yellow? Mm. Lauren Hemp has run from inside her own half. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And no one gets anywhere near her yeah. to, to take a yellow and stop the counterattack. Because yeah. at that point, the game was still alive. Sam Kerr just missed a chance to make it 2-2. And the game was still in the balance at that point. Mm. England's second goal is a calamitous mistake. And Ellie Carpenter just needs to put it into row 17 yeah, and correct. just deal with the danger. That's not something that the keeper should come for. No. I think um, Lauren Hemp was right behind her. I wouldn't expect McKenzie Hunter to come for that. Yep. It just needs needs to be put out of play. And she had two bites at it and just missed mm. both times. Yep. The first goal is a fantastic finish, a brilliant finish. Yeah, Well but... done to Ella Toon for the goal. But she, yep. walked, she just goes into the box and it's between Gorry and Fowler. One of them has to pick her up. But also, that ball should never have been cut back to her. Errors that kind of, that happened in the Nigeria game, which unfortunately cost us part. The Nigeria game was down to you know complacency. Right here, it wasn't complacency. It was just uh, you know unawareness, just switched off at those times. And um, yeah, and you know mistakes like um, an attitude or attitude. It's not an attitude that's harsh. It's not attitude at all. You're right. The the approach taken towards defending kind of reflected what what actually happened is we're letting we're, we're letting the opposition run with the ball and not actually securing the fact that hey the ball is out or you know and what i mean by that is the first goal that sh- that ball should have been hooked out for a corner make sure of it just make sure of it early carpet that's your point the second goal, make sure of it right fall over the ball if you have to right cop the foul the body, you know, she should never have been pushed off the ball. I mean, these are nitpicky things, but when you're coming to the pointy end, and this is the pointy end of a tournament like this, these are the 1% things that matter, right? And that's the difference in tonight. England did these things very well. Unfortunately, we were not naive, but we just weren't aware of these things. I wouldn't call it naivety. I'd call it... um, more so uh, competitively unaware, if I can put it that way. Yeah, I think it's a lack of experience at this stage of a tournament. Okay. Well, then call it naivety. Yeah. And because if, if that's the case, right, I actually just think it was more so because they, these people, these girls aren't, aren't naive. Right? A lot of them play at a high level, but it's just these little things that they're moments in time that change mm. the game. And that's all. And that's all it is. So, uh, you know, I, I think naivety is rude in a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it shows that they have no idea, but they do. It just happens that for that split second in time, they're just unaware of the danger that's lurking behind. Them. Yeah, and as you say, it is moments that decide football matches. After the third goal, my mind went back to that uh, Amazon series on Tottenham and Jose Mourinho, where he's. Talking to his team and uh, yeah, don't say it, but yes, that uh, <laughs> yes, they have to be a certain type of football player. Yeah, yes, no, ruthless is a good ruthless. way of putting it. Yeah, and look, Serena Vigman actually said it. You you would have been on your way back home, but uh, on the office coverage, uh, Serena Vigman said this team is ruthless, and that's the word I was 
was searching for before and I'll just recall mm. that that um that interview and that's what it is it's ruthless yep. england have been ruthless at points during this tournament and they've been building into this tournament and tonight they were ruthless yeah and serena vogman played an absolute blinder from the sideline they were so well drilled the game plan was executed perfectly and looking at this tournament for england they've conceded three goals mm. Tonight's, which we'll come on to, an mm-hmm. absolute wonder strike, mm-hmm. an absolute fluke goal from Colombia in the last game, mm-hmm. and the goal that China scored when the game was well and truly done and dusted at that point. Mm-hmm. Their defense has been rock solid this entire tournament. Mm-hmm. And maybe at times, say, Denmark could have got an equalizer, but mm-hmm. by and large, the back three, when they've all played, Jess Carter, Millie Bright, and Alex Greenwood in front of Mary Earps, has been fantastic. Yep. And they were again tonight. They completely shut us down. Mm-hmm. They knew what we were com- try- coming in to try and do, mm-hmm. which for the most part was long ball football. Mm-hmm. And I think Caitlin Ford and Hayley Razor were very well marshaled out of the game. I think Serena Wigman had a fantastic time in the dugout. She identified our strengths and nullified them absolutely perfectly. On the flip side, I don't necessarily want to get the knives out for Tony G, mm-hmm. but he was shown up tonight. Was our lack of shown up? More so than what Tony G was shown up? No, I think tactically it was wrong tonight. Mm-hmm. Go on. I, like I think this. in terms of the starting lineup, mm-hmm. coming into it, you're not going to tell him he's picked the wrong team by picking Sam Kerr, but it's not something I would have done. I agree with you. I think, it, I, think, I, think that, I think that was a mistake. Using Sam Kerr as an impact sub on 60-ish minutes is something that's been working Correct. throughout the knockouts. And the relationship that Mary Fowler has had with Van Eekbond mm-hmm. has been quite fruitful. Mm-hmm. I think Mary Fowler got a bit lost tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think you could kind of tell that the relationship between Fowler and Kerr hadn't really developed over this tournament like yep. others have. So yep. Alana Kennedy being out is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yep. Sometimes uh, these things can't uh, can't be helped. I don't yeah. necessarily think that Polking had a bad game. No, I was going to say that, yeah. Um, but when England, we know what England need to line up in as. 5-3-2. Yeah. 4-3-5-2. Yeah. yeah, whichever way it pans out. And mm. I think when you have... When you're up against a midfield three and a two, it is going to lean itself into long ball football because you can't dominate the game. Correct. When you have a midfield two against a midfield three and England plus one at the back, mm-hmm. I think Australia needed to change it up. They did. In terms of shape tonight, and we didn't really see it throughout this entire tournament. Mm-hmm. I didn't see evidence of a plan B. Mm-hmm. Similar points to what we're saying after the Nigeria game in the groups. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, again, it's the subs. Again. How does Alex Jidiak only get garbage time tonight? Because we were behind. But she came on 88 minutes. Yeah, I know. It was, it was six minutes of stoppage time. She got eight minutes on the pitch. Oh, yeah. I was calling for that sub in the first half. Yes, you were. <laughs> but Nathan, you're right as far as I agree with you. I wouldn't have started Sam Kerr in this game. You've already gone through the rest of this tournament, you know, and you've struck the right formula with regards to that. So back that 11 that started already aside from Alana Kennedy, right, because she was ill. So, and, you know, Polkenhorn didn't necessarily play a, a bad game, but it's more so the individual errors that actually cost us, uh, cost Australia that, you know, it cost these girls their um, a birth in the final because, look, it, given the way that the game played out, Australia, pro, you know, had Sam Kerr equalised with the a couple of chances that she had, um Aside from that goal, which was a magnificent strike. Pretty yeah, we need strike. to talk that, about that a bit more. Yeah, magnificent strike. But had Sam Kerr equalised, then I think the game would have gone into extra time and penalties. 
and that would have been Australia's only hope, I think, because England have come into this tournament and look, they were gettable again tonight as well, right? So they do give you chances, but they're just ruthless, and that's the secret to them, you know. Um, so full credit to England, well deserved, um, you know. And this is going to make a very interesting final, which, but yeah, um, full of pride for the girls, and, and look, they've given given us plenty of good moments during this campaign. So hopefully they can uh, bring it home with a bronze medal. But there are criticisms which are valid, and that is the lack of a plan B. Why change the starting eleven? Um, and yeah, they're they're the two biggest concerns out of this game, I think, which are valid. Yeah, I think we can come on to the Matildas moving forward after the tournament. Yep. Sort of a wrap-up pod, where to from here. Mm. We should talk about that Sam Kerr goal. Yep. Goal of the tournament. It is for mine, given the context. It is. is. It's goal of the tournament. It's a super strike. You won't see a better goal than that. And look, she deserves that, you know, given that, you know, it's a tournament of what could have been for Sam Kerr, but maybe it has actually worked out best for her and for the Matildas, ironically, that she did have the kind of tournament that she had because I think... If Australia just kept going, hey, we're Sam Kerr all the time, trying to find her every time that Australia went forward, it would have made for a different tournament, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, at times it is devolving into just give it to Sam and see what she can do. We saw what she I'd can like do. That. But... <laughs> but yeah, we, we certainly did. We certainly did. I would like to see a little bit more beyond that, though. Of course. Um, but yes, the goal, I had the perfect view of it. Oh, okay, great. I, I was sitting up the other end uh, near the corner flag. Yeah. And it was the perfect angle. Essentially, I had the view of Sam Kerr, from my perspective, in front of Mary yeah. Earps and could cool. see the ball swerving into the corner. Yeah. Just an incredible moment. And yeah, my voice is a, a little bit croaky mm-hmm. <laughs> after celebrating that goal. Yeah. Uh, all in vain in the end, but it's yeah. a magic moment. Look, it would have been great to hold on to the. I mean, we did score the equalising goal, right? So it would have been great to hold that on to, you know, for longer than eight minutes. Yeah. But, you know, look, these things happen at this level of football, right? And I I feel for uh, Ellie Carpenter, she didn't have her best night defensively, unfortunately. It's all kind of indicative of her tournament, really. Mm. Ellie's a great player, but she didn't have a great tournament. To be fair, no. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. She... Yeah, it was a tournament of what-ifs for Ellie, I think. And, um, yeah, but she's still quite young. She's still quite young. And I think uh, she'll develop into a great footballer. She'll learn a lot from this tournament, I think, if she looks at it, in, in the, you know, she looks back at it and looks at her performances. You know, she's electrifying at times. She's absolutely electrifying. And, look, she's just come back from a, a huge injury as well, right? Yeah. So that plays a part. I wonder how much of a part that's playing. Mm, yeah. And, you know, so, but um, look, congratulations to her for getting through this tournament and, and, and that effort, you know. So, yeah, no, I agree absolutely. with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, for the Matildas, it's great that they've been able to get to the end of the tournament. They'll play seven games. Mm. They'll play their seventh game on Saturday. Yes, it's not the game we want them to be playing, but mm. the way it's panned out, particularly following that Nigeria game, Mm. It's turned out to be a lot better than we may have thought at times during this tournament. So, yeah, great. it's been a great tournament for the Matildas and for Australian football. Mm. And it's also quite fitting that the third place playoff is in Brisbane, mm. returning to the place of that memorable shootout. And it'll be a great send off yeah. from this tournament. Well, Nathan, I want to say that's the first time in a, in a little while that the Matildas have lost in Sydney. 
It's the first time in a, in a, in a long time since they've uh, lost the city. But um, we haven't won in Brisbane during this World Cup. No, technically the quarterfinals <laughs> are draw. <laughs> so hopefully the you know third time lucky, right? Mm. So, but um, yeah, look, there are twenty eight other nations that would have you know given their right arm to be uh, in the third and fourth playoff. Yeah, and I'm expecting a bit of rotation. Some of the players that we haven't seen. Yeah, which hopefully they'll get a run. It's yeah. a bit of a nothing game. Yes, it'd be nice for the Matildas to finish third and pick up a medal, but it'd be great to be finished to finish third. I mean, look, okay, third or fourth, I'd rather get the medal than not, right? But um, yeah, look, we'll get to their opponents in a minute, right? But you know, why not finish third? Yeah, you're in mm. it. You're in it to win it. Take it seriously, right? Now, if you think that um, you, you're able to rotate, you know, give uh, fresher legs an opportunity to um, prove themselves, we'll go for it. But it, that does come with a bit of risk. I'm going to ask you, Laz, mm. and you may not like the question, but I'll ask it anyway. Yep. Do you think following the France game, the celebrations went too far in that it felt like they'd won the World Cup final where there was such an elation, such an emotion explosion that the players, particularly also getting the, the families back into the hotel, mm. as Tony G said, following the game, is it the case that the foot was taken off the gas a little bit? Oh, Nathan, I don't know. I don't know about it's that. It's a harsh question to ask. I don't it, know. Is a, it is a harsh. Well, no, it's a fair question, though. I think it's a fair question. I don't know if... That that's the case. Look, there's no doubt that Saturday night, you know, took a lot out of those players. But you know, maybe it was a good way for them to just unwind straight after and, and actually spend time with the fam- with their families. I, I, look, I'm just trying to think that there's only been one host win a World Cup in the Women's World Cup. That's the USA back in 1999, right? They were the la- they were the last hosts to get out of a quarterfinal in 2003 and lose in the semifinal. So it's a very tough ask for a host nation to win a World Cup. Um, now I'm just trying to think. The last host nation that won a World Cup would be both in the men's and the women's would be well the USA 1999. Mm-hmm. So France did it in 1998 in the men's. So yeah, it, it's. Because I guess the pressure is so draining, and, and the yep, yeah, you know, emotionally yeah. and physically, and, and the reserves are drained. And look, I think that that played a part. You could see that. I think the you know they were a little bit heavy, uh, leg heavy coming into uh, into this game, um, but they found a way to come back in. England let them back in, and that's what we're saying. That England have, uh, have they're ruthless at times. You can get at this side though, but when they if you give them an opportunity, they're going to take it. Right. And they'll shut the door on you at the back as well as, as soon as they can. And that's really what it came down to tonight. Mm. Yeah. Right. Very um, much so. Yeah. And like I said before, I think England didn't need help from Australia, you know, to give them their chances. But they're the ones that we got punished for, <laughs> you know. And likewise, again, England Colum- against Colombia took advantage of the defensive, you know, and the goalkeeper errors. Right. So that's um, what seems to be the theme. And that's why they, and when Serena Wegman said in her after-match interview today that this side is ruthless, well, that's what it means. So, but look, their performance was brilliant today as well. They were they were the better side. They deserved the win. But I would have, but Australia had every opportunity to take it deep. Very much so. The hosts going out disappointingly in the semi-final is perhaps slightly uncommon in a Women's World Cup, but it's not uncommon in international football. There's a whole host of examples. I can think of Brazil 2014. Yep. Or South Korea 2002. Yep. Germany 2006. Mm-hmm. 
True. It happens time and time again. So it's not something that is alien for a host. No. But it's still a marker of a fantastic tournament to get this far into the tournament, to see through the end of the tournament as well. Great. And uh, we shall turn our attention to what happened yesterday, Lars. I have a question for you. Go on. Are Sweden the female equivalent of the Netherlands in male football? Hmm. <laughs> I think the Netherlands are the female equivalent of the Netherlands in men's football. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> what I mean by that is that, you know, because the Netherlands are uh, considered a powerhouse of football, right, mm. in particular the men's game, but they're yet to win a men's World Cup. Sweden, traditional powerhouse of women's football, mm-hmm. always the bridesmaid. And again, same thing happened yesterday. Bridesmaid, unfortunately for them. Yeah. I mean, if Sweden are the bridesmaid, what actually is the wedding? Is it the final then? Because a bridesmaid would be losing in the final, no? No, but winning the, the, the winning the title means you're the bride, I think. I'm so guessing. then where does, the, where does the loser on Sunday come into it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> oh. sun, Sunday's completely different kettle of fish and get to Sunday later, right? But yes, it's just the the, the meaning of the word bridesmaid yeah. in this context. <laughs> always, the, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, right? So mm. like they're successful, but. but yeah. Right? So it three now? Well, yeah, but also um, silver medalists, you know, silver medalists in the last Olympics. Mm. You know, it's just been, yeah, it, they just get there and then just drop it, drop their bundle. And again, yeah, their own worst enemy. Pretty much. I mean, we're talking about the first semi-final now, and it was a game that, yes, there wasn't a whole lot of goal math action up until the game exploded. Mm-hmm. There were chances to be had. There really were. And mm-hmm. it was a really close game for the vast majority of it. And mm-hmm. it's just the case, again, of some individual mistakes, particularly yep. for the winner. Absolutely. How you leave the goal score on the edge of the box completely unmarked is beyond me. And she on a corner. And Olga had Garmona had been threatening to do that all game. Yeah. All game. But that switch off, just a switch off, complete switch off. You've equalized, shut it down. You know, and Sweden have been had been up until that point pretty defensively disciplined with regards to to that. And yeah, um, I was amazed. I was amazed. It, it was a, a funny game though. I mean, Spain looked better once Pateas went off. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so it's just a crazy way of putting it. <laughs> it is. It's weird. You know, something about star power in this tournament and just sides working better without their stars. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Puteas went off and replaced by the, you know, by the nine, the 19-year-old player of the tournament. I think should be the young player of the tournament. I don't know if you agree with me. I mean, at, as we speak right now, I think it's hard to go past Paraluay, though. Mm. The way she's played, she put the Dutch out the quarterfinals. And Absolutely. She scored one of the two Spanish goals in the semi. Surely she it's getting to the point where she should be starting the final. I think she will. I think she will start the final. But maybe not. Maybe, you know, Vilda will um, say that um, uh, impact player off the bench, you know, <laughs> and that could very well be the case. But she's a phenomenal player, phenomenal player. But uh, Mati back to her best, I thought she was great in midfield again. Um, yeah, she wasn't uh, marshaled as mm, closely as she was in the yeah, quarterfinal. Yeah. And the Swedes were nothing like they were against Japan. Mm. But, you know, um, in the it was just really, really weird. In the second half, they had a good patch, you know, a good 20-minute period. And I thought, okay, Sweden are going to get on top here. 
and it just didn't work out that way, you know. It didn't work out that yeah. way. They're a real, maybe not quite to the same extent, but they're a rocks or diamonds team. Mm. Sometimes you see them like against Japan, mm. and they look like they can win the whole tournament. Mm. Mm. And then you see them against the States, and you're surprised they got so far. Yeah. It's a team that really does boggle the mind. And yeah, they're great on set pieces. And maybe um, Ilstead will be in the reckoning for um, Golden Boot. Yeah, well, she needs, she needs the net again, but yeah, hopefully not now. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully not, yes. <laughs> but I don't know. They're, they're a team that I feel like they haven't hit their potential. Mm. I feel like when you go through the side and you pick out some of their star players, like Rolfo, I feel like there's been, a lot. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot left in the tank. Mm. Yeah, Rolfo, Federica Rolfo has been disappointing. I think, and maybe a little bit harsh, but you can throw Black Stenius in there as well. Yeah, and I agree with you, Black Stenius as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know what to make of Sweden for this tournament. Like, yes, they've mm. got to the final four. They may pick up third place, hopefully not. But I don't really see them as a top four side of this tournament based mm. on what we've seen. I think there's too many matches and too many performances that have been inconsistent and they haven't been firing on all cylinders. Imagine if they got it together. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. One side that appears to have got it together somehow, given all the drama, is Spain. Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm learning from. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> but yeah, um, Spain, incredible. It's a. It's the story that keeps on giving. Oh, it's just fascinating. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I just with this final that is now England against Spain. I'm left wondering what this game would be like if both sides were at their peak. And for England with the injuries, but Spain more on the everything going on with the players. I think. This final is going to be close. It's going to be hotly contested. Mm-hmm. It's arguably the two best sides at the tournament have made it to the final. Mm-hmm. I know it's an easy thing to say when they are in the final, but mm. I think they're both deserving of their place. Oh, and no doubt. No doubt. I do think this final is going to be missing something. It's not going to be as good as it can be if both these teams are their absolute full strength. It's amazing to me, as you say, with Jorge Fielder, probably the least popular person at this tournament. And every time there's a sub, the players will brush him. And when at full time, they don't go anywhere near him and he's sort of in the huddle, but then he's not in the huddle. It, imagine if he pulls this whole thing off. It's going to be impossible for the players to get rid of him. But to your point about Jorge Vilda, yeah, he's had a fascinating tournament, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think there's ever been a more disliked manager make a World Cup final. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just, it's an amazing story either way. It's an amazing story either way. And the, the truth will come out at some point with regards to this. I think we'll just have to wait and see. Oh, I would love to see a Netflix documentary on it. I think. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the dynamics between, hey, you know, playing talent and, and look, he's actually been involved in the Spanish football setup for a long period of time. He actually coached under 17s, under 19s, under 21s, and he's just much derided. It's just fascinating. But yet, you know, gets the Spanish side to. A World Cup final. And it was his substitution in the semi-final that changed the game. So what does that tell you? It tells me he's not a bum. Exactly. So where, you know, it's just, and look, I don't know if the angst is more so between the players and the federation and the coaches just the go-between, which is my, mm. co- I think that's where it is, but I don't know, uh, you know, I suspect that's where it is. There seems to be some things going around about how, Yes, the players have issues with the federation, but also with the manager and some mm. of his mm. techniques, shall we say, yeah. and things like culture of the squad. Seems and, to be working though. Yeah. I mean, results are one thing. Yeah. 
With results. Okay. And results yeah. are you know kind of reflect if it's working or not. Yeah. But you know. I just wonder I just wonder if Spain had those twelve players who made themselves unavailable. Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously not all twelve would be in the squad, but certainly some would be a regular member of the team. They'd probably win this World Cup easy the way it's panned out. I guess so. I guess so. Um yeah, but look, so just to recap, Sweden disappointing. Not sure what to make of them. Spain well deserving of their place in this World Cup final. Given the backstory with regards to the Spanish national team, it's just incredible. And against all odds, you know, you would you would consider. But just uh just an amazing, amazing story. But we'll get to obviously the you know, performance and disappointment of this semi-final round. I think uh, goal of the goal of this round and goal of the tournament is Sam Kerr. No arguments here. Yeah. Um disappointment of the round of the semi-final phase. I mean, on a team basis, I think it has to be the hosts. I agree with you. Closely followed by Sweden. Yeah, I mean, the losers are always going to be on the disappointment side sure. of, of things. But, yep. yeah, I think the Matildas do edge it on that front, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think, um, oh, Musovic, could she have saved that goal from Olgan? I'm going to go no. I'm going to go no, too. There's been a bit of talk about that. Yeah, I don't I... really fault it that much No, for the goal. It's more, as we the said difference. earlier, the, t- the marking. No, I completely agree. Completely agree. The highlight of the semi-final round. Sam Kerr's goal. <laughs> <laughs> agree. Agree. Yeah, no, agree. Look, England playing the way that they have played. You know, yeah. They, they played pretty well. They played pretty well. And for mine, Alex Greenwood is in there for player of the semi-finals. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Should be my pick. Yeah, Again, she was amazing. another great game. I think she's going to make the team in the tournament. She'd be getting close to Golden Ball for mine. Oh, I don't know about that. I reckon um, um, well, uh the favourite in that. Yes. Yes, but if you were doing a list of maybe, like, I don't know, five to mm, ten. She'd be in there. 100%. Yeah, no, she'd be in there. She's been amazing. She's been amazing. Um, okay. So, third, fourth playoff preview. Nathan, Sweden versus Back Australia. Back to Brisbane. What do you make of that? It'd be great. To see Australia pick up a third place medal, mm-hmm. obviously we would have wanted higher. But mm. would, on... you have, would you have taken that at the start of the tournament? I would have. Absolutely, I would have. Yeah. And anyone who says no, they're lying. <laughs> For a host to pick up third place is never something to be sneezed at. Maybe unless you're America, mm. but I'll it would be soon. a great. <laughs> yeah. <I'll learn> soon. <laughs> It'd be great to send them off by winning the game on Saturday night. As I said earlier, it's funny that it's back at Brisbane, mm-hmm. the side of the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. And I'll be interested to see the lineups. Surely it's not the same team again. Um, we'll find out. We'll wait. It's only, it's only two days away. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 well, that probably plays into it because it is such a short turnaround. Yeah. Two and a bit days away. And Sweden have a home team. Yes. So the Matils will be wearing their mint. Kit, there you go. Their there teal go. kit, whatever yes. color it is. The fly kit. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's mm. pretty fly. Yes, but uh, I think Australia will win for what it's worth. Just got a hunch. Let's go with it. And let's hope for a bit of a goal fest as well. A bit of it'd fun. Be, it'd be it'd be good. They normally are. Like, I mean, you know, traditionally these third, fourth place playoffs games are a bit of fun. Well, let's so, be realistic. There's no pressure on this game. No, that's right. That's right. So, let's Ex- have some fun. Go and express yourself. No, I agree. World Cup final. So, for all the chocolates. Mmm. Chips on the table. I did say that Spain in the original bracket that Spain would make the final. I was close. No, you weren't far off indeed. 
Oh, it was close with uh, Australia, but never mind. You're closer than I got. <laughs> but um, yes, so but England spoiled it, and for such, England will be punished. <laughs> <laughs> and I implore everyone to support Spain. No, but um, one because it'd be a great story, but um, two, uh, I just I just don't know what to make of this this final. It really is fascinating. My mind goes back to the semi-final of the Euro last year and Spain dominated England, deserved to go, deserved to, you know, to win that semi-final, just couldn't take their chances. They outplayed England by a lot, right? This time around, I don't think that's going to happen to that extent. And this game is just fascinating. And I think it's the World Cup final that this tournament deserves, given the way that this, you know, like you said, yes, the two best teams have arrived at that final. Uh, they've, you know, they've shown that they're the best teams, and it took the semi-finals effectively to show that they are. So, what do we make of it? I think this England team are just built from the ground up for tournament football. We've seen that now under Serena Vigman across the Euros last year and this tournament. The word of the day is ruthlessness. Mm-hmm. That's this England team to a T. And from what I've seen from Spain, I think it's not a word. There's a better word for it. But it is 1.30 in the morning now. Spain are more <laughs> shut downable than England. <laughs> you can't think of the word. No, no, no. It's easier to stop Spain than England in my mind anyway. I, I think you're right. I, I think England win it. And I think Serena Vigman's the best coach at this tournament. I agree. Definitely the best coach in the final. And that might just get him over the line. Wouldn't be surprised I don't know if where, Spain won it. Wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. Mm, but I do think England are going to make it back-to-back trophies and take their crown as the, the best team in women's football. And they've been insufferable for ages. And yes. Go on, Spain. It'll be, fo- <laughs> it'll be going home. <laughs> Come on, Spain. <laughs> Look, I agree. I think England are favourites. I think England will win, but I'll be supporting Spain. I think that's a good place to leave it, Laz. Laz, a quick shout-out to the group that I went to the game with tonight. Sean, Eb, Lauren, Justin, Luke. We all went to the uh, Ireland game as well. It's been a great tournament and uh, look forward to catching up soon once more, maybe indeed for Sunday. Laz, thank you very much for your company tonight. Absolute pleasure uh, as always. Slightly uh, downbeat episode of Making Waves, but uh, we shall uh, speak to each other again following the final and uh, the backpackers can look forward to a Monday morning pod, I think. Indeed, and looking forward to uh, catching up with you again, Nathan, on Sunday at some point after the final. Probably go extra time with penalties, but hey, why not? But hey, um, emotional investment is out the window now, so exactly go to penalties. Right. Exactly Give me all right. the drama. Exactly. No, it's <laughs> been great. It's been great. And look, it's been a heck of a tournament and a heck of an experience, uh, which we'll talk about uh, a bit more on Sunday. But thanks for everything that you do. Thanks to everyone listening and enjoy the football coming this weekend.